At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Well, tonight I'm going to continue in what I've been sharing this whole month of liberty and freedom and justice and liberty and justice for all, as we talked about on July 4th and around the, the Sunday before the 4th and, and, and on Wednesday after and, and been talking about the great freedom that we have in this country, and, and, and we have great freedom in this country, and that great freedom will remain in this country. And the reason I say that is because I live here, right? This is my country, right? But I couldn't say that if I wasn't liberated and free in Christ. If I didn't have the real liberty and the real freedom, I couldn't say that about the land that I live in. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Man, if, you're, if we're being moved by what it looks like, we'd give up. doesn't matter what it looks like. All that matters is what we know and what we're, what we're living and how we're putting things to practice. And, 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 and living the Word of God and not being moved by what we see, how things look and appear. Can you say amen to that? So tonight I, I want to just continue on in this, and I, I've got a couple of really good thoughts that I'm, I'm going to leave you with tonight concerning justice. The definition I gave you, um, I think I gave it to you last Wednesday, <clears throat> for justice is three words, righteousness, correctness, and fairness. Um, injustice is something that's not right. An injustice is something that's not correct, that is unfair. Injustice is. And the justice that we've received, the righteousness that we've received, the correctness that we've received, the fairness that we've received, we don't deserve any of it. But because of the blood of Jesus, we can embrace it and make it our own. But we don't deserve it. But it's ours. But we don't deserve it. But it's mine. But I didn't deserve it, but it's mine. And there's something about remembering, just, just a little bit of that, remembering that you don't deserve it. So that it's not, we don't get to the place where we think it's about how good we are. No, it's how good He is. Yeah. Amen? But there's some things tonight that I'm going to say that you're going to have to dig deep to receive. Amen. Got to dig deep like Josh. Proverbs 21.3 says this. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord to do what's right and correct and fair is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So, the way I want to break that verse down, and, and then everything I say after this is going to back it up, is that what God wants is you living your life doing what's right, what's correct, and what's fair, no matter what. What he doesn't want you to do is to live a life where you're talking about how much you do, and you actually want credit for it. And you want other people to know that. That's what I believe the sacrifice in this verse is talking about. What's more favorable to God is that you do what's right because it's right. Right? You're correct because it's right to be correct. And you're fair because of how fair God has been to you. Not because of all you think you've done. That doesn't hold water with God. 1 Peter 3.18 says this, we read this Sunday. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just 
for the unjust, Him for us, that He, Jesus, big H, He might bring us to God. Jesus' blood and His body and His sacrifice has brought us to God. Say it, I am with God. God. You're with Him. He has brought you to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Dying to this thing, but coming alive to the internal part of us. Your human spirit has been made alive with the Holy Spirit if you're born again, and He wants that to be activated, and He wants, to, he wants you to be spending the time developing that and not out here. And I feel like that's what the first verse that we read is saying. So, He died once for all the sins, so we don't have a sin problem. What I wrote down was, we don't have a sin problem, but we have a mental problem with the sinner. People are thinking wrong. And I'm, I, that, what I just said right there, I'm going to back up with what I'm going to read here in a moment. But I'm still laying a little bit of foundation. <clears throat> but I want to back it up with these verses of Scripture. What I just said was, we don't have a sin problem. We've got a problem with the mind of a sinner. I'm going to keep coming back to that and explaining what I mean right there. And I'm going to start, because see, you can't explain things if you don't put the word on it. See, then it's just your opinion. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone, any person is in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, and behold, everything is brand new. All things are brand new. Everybody say everything. So right now in your life, everything is brand new right now. Right now. When tomorrow comes, everything is brand new right now. Right now. Verse 21 in this chapter, the last verse, says this. For He the Father made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Jesus was made sin for us. So, Jesus was made sin for my sin. So, if He was made that sin, then I don't have any sin. Did you just read that? Did we read that? If any person be in Christ, he's a new creation, old things are passed away, everything's brand new, and then he said, he made him who knew no sin to be the sin, to take all the sin on himself, that we might become justified, that we might become righteous, that we might become that. So, so going back to my statement, we don't have a sin problem because sin has been annihilated. We have a mental problem with the sinner because if you're born again tonight, you are not a sinner. And you got to get a hold of that. You are not a sinner. That's the mental problem. If you're born again, he took all the sin on himself. Did he leave out the like the stuff where you've made mistakes in the last 2 weeks? Did he leave any of that out? He's already paid for everything, every mistake you're ever going to make in the future. He's already done it. Yeah, but pastor, that, that's, that's, that's too easy. That's just, that's kind of giving 
people a license to do whatever they want to do. No, 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 no. You don't have to give people a license. They already do it. Huh? You could sit here and listen to me preach, and I could come against all these things. And if you're doing this, God's going to get you. You're going to go do what you want. You heard me. And maybe you'll be a little whatever, condemned or whatever for a little while and walk around and maybe you shouldn't, but you end it, you'll end up doing whatever you want to do. Oh, but there is something about knowing that you're right with God right now, no matter what. There's just, they're just something about it. There, there is something that you have to dig deep to get in yourself. It, it's, not, it's not hard to understand this, okay? It's not, it's, not, it's not a difficult thing, but it's not easy either because you have to learn how to be consistent. I was thinking Sunday when I was talking about that we've been here for 34 years. This past Sunday was the day that was the day we took over the church that we had, that we started pastoring Oak Hills Bible Church 34 years ago this past Sunday. And I just, you know, I've been thinking even in the last few days as I kind of tied that, the celebration, you know, of 34 years with my message on Sunday. And I was thinking about it tonight. And when we came to town, I'm just thinking of this one family. I won't mention their names. They're, they're not even here. They're somewhere else. And, but we came to town, and I can remember, it may not have been the first Sunday, but this guy, this guy and his family were in, in the church that we took over. There was about 10 people left, and he was part of the, the 10, the, the Fab 10. Um, but they were part of that, and and I preached on righteousness. 34 years we've been preaching on righteousness and justice. Right. You know why? Because you don't have it all yet. Right. <laughs> you don't understand what I'm talking about tonight like you, need to, like you need to understand it. Neither do I. But I preached this message on righteousness. And he was, this guy I can remember... I don't know if it was the first service or maybe it was after that or whatever. I just remember him standing. He was in a little building in the middle of town where we were meeting. And he was standing there and he was waiting for me. And he goes, he said something to me like, do you really believe what you just preached? And I said, yeah, I believe it. He said, that's really true? I mean, I mean, God's really forgiven me? No matter what I do, God has forgiven me. I said, yeah. And you know what he said to me? Something like this. He said, I, 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 can't, I can't receive that. I said, what do you mean you can't receive that? He said, I just can't see because of the mistakes that I've made that God could forgive me. I just can't see it. And it took a long time with him, a while, for him to just even break through to where he'd even consider that that was truth. I'm going to say it again. You are right with God. If you're born again, you are right with God. No matter what you've ever done or even what you're doing today, you're right with God. Because what is sin to the, to the person that has conviction that's born again? The Bible says that sin is knowing to do right and not doing it. That's sin, disobedience. But the Bible also says you'll overcome disobedient by being obedient. But you'll never be obedient if you don't have revelation of the truth. If you don't know who you really are. 
and you will never know who you are if you don't have somebody telling you you're right with God no matter what. You need somebody telling you. No matter what. And see, people think, I've had people tell me this for years and years, but people think if you talk like that, like I said a moment ago, you give people a license to do things that are wrong. They're already doing what's wrong. If you're walking in disobedience in an area that you know, that you know you shouldn't be doing, you know it. That's sin. But he already took that on himself. You're already forgiven, but the, the clincher is this. If you don't choose to do what's right and overcome the disobedience with obedience, then it won't work for you even though it's there for you. You, you, you can choose to stay in a hole and he's already thrown you the rope and all you got to do is pull yourself up. But you can just choose to just look at the rope. But the rope's still there. Did you hear me? It's still there. You're already forgiven. You're righteous. You, you will never be any more righteous with God than you are right now. Right. Just in my own personal relationship with God, just hearing the voice of God in, in weeks and months and years, you know, past from right now to this point, as I've, been, as I've developed my relationship with God, I, I mean, I, I hear things sometimes, and, I, and it, sometimes it'll catch me. I, I'll think, is that right? Could God have just said that? that could God, could, could God, would God say to Josh, Josh, I'm as pleased with you as I am with myself. Well, you think Josh has done all that good stuff? Doesn't matter what Josh has done. He's as pleased with Josh as he is with himself. He's as pleased with you as he is with himself. No matter what you've done. No matter what you're even doing today, God is pleased with you because Jesus took all sin on himself one time for all people. It's not a sin issue. It's a mental issue with the people that still see themselves as sinners. I'm not a sinner. I was a sinner. I've been saved by the grace of God. And today I declare I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Did we read it? So you have to have the word on this. See, otherwise you just say, well, you know, I don't know about all that. No, talk to the hand. Hmm? Talk to the hand of God. <laughs> talk to the Scripture. Let the Scripture, let your fingers do the walking through the Scripture. Let the Scripture speak to you. Did it say he took all sin on himself? Yeah. I'm not a sinner. I'm righteous. I'm justified. Hmm? And God plays fair. He's not going to say something, eh, well, you know, I kind of didn't mean it there because, you know, you know what you did. No. I'm forgiven. And I'm telling you, It is the hardest fought battle on the planet that there is to believe that you are right with God no matter what. There's no greater battle. There's no greater battle because it has to be done by faith in Him because your faith is in what He said, not how you feel or how the devil's lying to you and telling you things that are not true. I'm forgiven. I'm empowered. I'm healed. Right. right? Righteousness says I'm healed whether I feel like it or not. Right. But I have to be 
declaring it and focusing on it, you need to be hearing me preach this. I just tell you this right now. No matter what you ever do in life, never, ever get away from hearing the word preached and never, ever, ever get away from a daily routine of you taking the word and declaring it out of your mouth. Those two things right there, without that, it just doesn't work. I'm telling you tonight, it just doesn't work. Your declaration every day needs to be that it needs to be like this. I'm right. I'm justified. I'm healed. I'm free by the blood of Jesus. I am everything that he says I am because of his blood. He died one time for any mistake, anything that would ever happen in my life that was not of God. He's already taken care of it. And I'm going to just show you through the scripture how a person that really understands this could never walk away from learning to be obedient. Because the seed of the word brings an everlasting conviction that will not allow you to get away with things that you don't need to be getting away with. All they're going to do is hurt you. So much of the time, people think, well, you know, if i got to quit this and quit that, like God's trying to make your life miserable. No. There's nothing miserable about living in the kingdom of God and living in the authority of the kingdom of God. Nothing miserable. He's not trying to ruin anything. He's trying to save your backside from getting beat up by the devil in so many different ways. So many different ways. Justified people, people that are justified by the blood of Jesus, they're never afraid. Wow, Pastor, that's a bold statement. I'm I'm telling you, justified people are never afraid. Well, how how do you know that? Because fear, giving in to fear is sin. Because that goes contrary to the Word of God. So if that's the truth, but when you know you're justified and fear comes knocking at your door, you shut it down. You give it no place. People that know they're justified, they know they're righteous, they know they're correct in the things of God's Word, they're not fearful people because they don't give place to fear. I didn't say fear doesn't come. You You don't give place to fear because you learn how... To combat it at every corner. Anything that happens in your life, anything that comes at you in your life, you learn to combat that everywhere it raises its head. But that's a justified person. Who's that? That's a person in in verse 21 that... um, is becoming the righteousness of God. See, I'm righteous because of Him. But up here, between my ears, I'm becoming righteous through the renewing of my mind on a, daily day, on a day-to-day basis where the Word is showing me that I am that. So I'm becoming that even though, spiritually speaking, I am that. I'm righteous. I'm justified. I'm correct. I'm living and operating in life in the fairness of God. You ever heard somebody make this type of a comment, you know, you know is, is, life feed, is life treating you fair? Well, I, I can promise you, if you say yes, that's a lie. Life doesn't treat you fair. God treats you fair. <laughs> what's the, what, 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 you know what's fair in God's kingdom? You get what you don't deserve. Where would you get that anywhere else? Not down here. 
Not in this system. You get what you deserve, and even if you haven't been proven guilty, we're going to still call you guilty. Not in the kingdom. You know what he says about Burt Wimberley? Not guilty. Bam! The gavel comes down. Wham! It's like a sledgehammer on behalf of me. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Huh? I'm justified by the blood of Jesus. I'm free, no matter what I've done, no matter the mistakes. Now, that doesn't mean people will look at you like that, but that's the way your father looks at you. And you know what? You know, you know, father's not stupid at all. You realize that, right? Father would not give you a way out and then say something in regards to, you know, well, I, I just can't trust Bert. You know, he's going to act like an idiot. He's not looking at me that way. His confidence is in the Holy Spirit. The Father's confidence is in the Holy Spirit and the living Word. Yeah. And, and see, I can, I can sense this assurance from the Father when that's where I'm spending my time. Not 24-7, but I'm spending more of my time in the Word and learning how to hear the voice of God. I feel this assurance from the Father, and it's almost like He's saying to me, come on, boy, you can do it. Come on, come on, come on. Do it. I can see you're going to do it. I can feel Him urging me on to do what's right. And that's part of the fear of God, where I want to do right more than I want to do anything else, because I am right. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And that revelation that's that's manifesting on the inside of me is empowering me to do the right things. God wouldn't give you a license to act like an idiot. Not God. But his journey for you to be free is almost like putting the cart before the horse. It's kind of what it looks like. You know why? Because it takes faith in him. You have to have faith in him, not faith in your ability to accomplish it. He'll give you the confidence to do it when your faith is in him. Romans 10. In verse 1. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Romans 10 and 1. Dear brothers and sisters. guess he's talking to us. We've got some brothers in here and we've got some sisters. The longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm that they have for God, but it is misdirected, it's a, it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself. Refusing to accept God's way They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the whole law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in Him are made right with God. Dang! That just, I mean, I just spent... 30 minutes preaching, and that, those four verses said it all. Is that what I just got through preaching? Yeah. Hmm? If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you are right with God. I don't know about you, but the more I meditate on that, the better I get. The more I meditate on the fact that I'm right with God because He said I am, 
And because of his price, the price he paid for me was so that I could be justified, I could be the righteous, I could be right with him. So, so it's like when he looks at me, he sees me always right with him, always making the right decisions. That's why he sees me. Because a person that's right is right because they're making right decisions, right? But here, he said that the children of Israel were trying to make correct decisions based on how they thought that a person should be right, not in believing God. But if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're right. Oh my gosh, that's just too stinking easy. You mean all I got to do is just be born again and I'm right? Yep. That's it. You're right with God. Now, whether you become right in your thinking is whether you do something with it. Dang it. Wish we could have just been, it would just be right and I could just act like the devil and still I'm right. No? Why would God want you to act like the devil? Why would God want you to say things out of your mouth that are not pleasing to Him? Why would God want you to treat another person created in the image of God in a way that is not the way He would treat them? So, we have to become right in our thinking, and then we have to learn how to overcome disobedience by being obedient, taking the steps of faith, and destroying old ways of thinking. Remember, Old things are passed away. All those who are in Christ Jesus, old things are passed away. Everything is brand new right now. No matter what you did before you came to church tonight, you can be brand new right now. If you accept it and receive it because you are brand new right this minute because of Him. He said you are. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That wasn't... You know, if you got saved 25 years ago, that wasn't back then 25 years ago. Yeah, it was then, but it's right now too. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything's brand new right this minute. And we've got to process that to the point that we believe it in our lives every single day. Because if you don't, you will stay being beat up by the enemy by lies from him that are not truth. Right. Trying to convince you that you're not right because of your mistakes or things you've done or things you've done to other people or things in, in just different areas of your life. But you're righteous because of him. Yeah. I'm right because of him and him alone. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> so because I'm right today... I'm just giving a few examples. You can interject anything into this. But today, right now, I'm, I'm just talking about, I'm talking about right now. Just close your eyes for a moment and just think of yourself right this minute. And then hear what I'm fixing to say, and I want you to receive it. Because you are righteous right now, no more shame. No more fear. No more guilt. No more sickness. No more lack. No more oppression. Because you're right. No more of any of those things because you are righteous and you are justified by the blood of Jesus. No more of any of that. Right this minute. Just reach your hand towards me. I want to pray for you. Just close, keep your eyes closed. It's good not to necessarily look around, but just reach your hand towards me. I'm praying for you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. Every person in this room, even if they're not saved, you made them righteous because you made us all. But every person in here now that has accepted Jesus, they are the righteousness of God in you. And because of that, every lie 
has to stop tonight. Every lie of the enemy, every connection with the enemy has to stop tonight in Jesus' name. Every lie. And I thank you, Father, for your word empowering and infusing their whole being. I thank you that each person's mind is being renewed with what's being said even tonight. And as they meditate on it, as they begin to declare it over themselves, they will receive daily the empowerment to shut disobedience down by walking in obedience to your word. I believe that, and I thank you for it. And I give you praise in the name of Jesus. Say amen to that. I'm not, I'm not done. I was, you, you can still play. I'll be fine, but I, I'm not done. I got another hour. No. <clears throat> so, in this last passage that I have, it's found in Romans 8, in verse, starting with verse 29. I'm going to read this. But I want you to think about something because, because what I'm challenging you with is your mindset about specific things, okay? So I want you to, th- I want you to think about a couple of things tonight. Um, you know, each of us in our relationship with God we have to grow and take responsibility for our lives individually. You know, when I've told you around here that I pray for you every day, you know, we have a great prayer team here at Gates. I mean, a phenomenal prayer team here. You send prayers in, we pray, we agree with you. You understand? And we do that on purpose because the Bible says to do that. But so I pray for you every day, the Ephesians and Colossians prayers. I pray over you every single day. I do that because I'm led to do that. I'm not doing that because you're pressuring me to do something like that. But where, where I'm concerned, I'll just take, I'm, I'm trying to use this example to make my point with what I'm going to read here in Romans 8. But whether you pray for me or not, that's up to you. And you've probably noticed in 34 years, depending on how, however long that you've been coming here, that you probably haven't had maybe not even one prayer request from me. Okay, now I, I, I'm making a point here, okay? I want you to get a hold of this point when I read this last passage. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm right with God physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in every way. I don't care what it is. I am right with God. He's my righteousness. So, when the Bible talks about individual people, and again, we are supposed to pray for one another, okay? But there are times individually when we need to know who we are. And we need to know that the Word works for us, even when it's just me and Jesus. There have been many attacks against my physical body that I was never led to tell anybody other than my wife about things that came against my body, but the Word had to work for us. 
There's things that have come against her physical body that nobody knew anything about. Oh, well, poor pastor. No, I'm not saying it about that. I'm saying to you, we have to know that we're right. And when you know you're right in every area, and you apply the word for yourself, then you can pray for other people because you're not always about everything being focused on you. And that's part of what's wrong in our nation. Everybody wants to be petted and pampered. Everybody wants to be the victim of things. And when somebody says something like what I'm saying right now, so often it can be taken so wrong. Like I'm saying I don't need anybody. I didn't say I didn't need any, any prayer. I, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I'm asking you this question. Do you pray for me based on what the Word tells you to do? I'm, I'm just asking. You don't have to say yes or no. I don't, I don't want that. So I know people pray for me and for my wife. I, I know people pray for us. We need prayers. But it's not me going to Dale. Dale, if you don't pray, <sighs> I don't think I'm going to make it. That's not knowing who you are. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Am, 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 am I making yeah. sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the point that I'm making about how we've got to believe this ourselves. Yeah. We've, got to be, we've got to believe. See, it's not on me to believe for everything. It's on me to believe that he did what he said. And I am who he says I am. I'm righteous. I've been justified. I'm forgiven. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I am set free. And the more we learn how to hear it, meditate on it, apply it out of our mouths, the seed of that word begins to fix every situation in our lives. That's what we've been doing around here for 34 years. It's teaching the righteousness of God, teaching that we've been justified, teaching that we're forgiven. Where else are you going to hear it? I mean, you hear it in other churches, but where else are you going to hear it if the church doesn't bring it to the table? We are who God says we are. And man, I love this passage right here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. For whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Wow. He knew me. Before I even was, He knew me. Before you even were, He knew you. And you were predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. What does that mean? To be like Jesus? To talk like Jesus? To operate like Jesus? To live like Jesus lived? He's our elder brother. He was our perfect example that we're to follow. Before the foundation of the world, you and I were conformed to be conformed to the image of His Son. That He might be the firstborn among us. He's our elder brother. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified or made righteous. See, isn't it amazing how the Word, I preached some stuff tonight, but the Word says exactly what I said So, I'm not giving you some mumbo-jumbo that you can't back up with the Word. What did he just say? Moreover, whom he predestined, these, me, he also called. And me, he called me, and he justified me. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. 
What then shall we say to these things? Question. If God is for us, who or what can be against me? You read all the way to the end of the chapter here. I'm not reading all the way. But at the end of the chapter, it asks the question, so shall sickness be against me? What did he say here? What should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against you? Can sickness be against me? If, if God is for me? If God, the righteous one, is for me, and I'm righteous like he is righteous, can sickness overcome me? No. No. Not if we believe that wholeheartedly, no matter what. Can anything else get the best of us? No. No. Not if God is for me. We're not factoring God into the equation. Yeah, all kinds of things. But if God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody. Nothing. He who did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us? How many things? All things. You look at that in the literal Greek, the all things. The all things is all things. The literal there is all things. Everything. He freely has given us everything. So we go back to my original statement. It's not a sin problem. It's a thinking problem in the sinner. Number one, thinking that they're still sinners because they've made mistakes. And number two, not embracing that they've been made right no matter what. And until you get that, you won't see... Until you get that, you won't see the power to walk in obedience. I heard a testimony from a guy one time. Remember that guy? Remember that Easy Rider guy? What was his name? Um, yes, Wayne Cochran, right. <clears throat> I remember hearing that guy talk about how in his days in rock and roll music and all the things that he did, if you never heard of him, look, look his name up, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about, how <laughs> somewhere in the 70s he started hearing Brother Copeland preach the Word, and he started having this hunger for the Word, and he'd get through whatever he did, and he would go back to his bus and he'd get loaded on drugs and spend time in the Word. And he said, you know, the church wouldn't accept that back in those days. Man, you, 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 can't, you can't be high and be in the Word. Who said you can't? See, when, when, when you have a hunger for the things of God... And, and you don't know any better and you don't know how to get free of the thing that's controlling your life, the hunger for the Word is what's going to get you free of the thing that is trying to hold you. Yeah. See, the focus has always been on, i got to get rid of this, but you don't have enough in here to get rid of that and keep it out. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about tonight. you got to get it that you're right first. Because what you'll notice is you get rid of the sin consciousness and the keeping the law mentality that he talked about right here about the children of Israel. It's in the church. It's in, it's in all kinds of people's ways of thinking because we've been lied to and told that, you know, you can never be right until you get things right. Mm -mm. you got to accept that you're right in him before you'll ever get things right in the natural. 
I believe that. I believe it to this point in my life, and I believe it, I'll believe it for the rest of my life in helping people get free and liberated. Tonight, I'm declaring from this day forward that you have a revelation in your life of being the righteousness of God in Christ like you've never had before. And every ungodly thought and ungodly connection and every lie of the enemy trying to tell you that you're not good enough, that you can't receive that, you can't walk in those things, we declare there's th those connections are severed tonight. And that you're free to be who God created you to be. The blood of Jesus has brought you to God. And the revelation of God is connecting you to God and moving you forward with God. Not away from God, but with God. In the name of Jesus. How many believe that tonight? Glory to God. Glory to God tonight. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that we are people that are righteous. We are people justified. We are healed. We are delivered. We are set free. We are forgiven tonight in the name of Jesus. We are liberated and free from every oppressive thought, every demonic thought and idea that would come from the enemy to deceive us. I thank you that people are spiritually righteous and they see it and that they are becoming right in every area of their life in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.